0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: This week on the Chicago Bears Review. Week one saw our beloved go toe-to-toe with the Falcons and come up short. Week two has them heading down to Florida to take on the Buccaneers to see if they can get their first win of 2017 on the road. Can the Bears bounce back or will the Bucks just keep them down? The hosts of the PewterCast podcast join us on the week two preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Week one in the rear view, week two just up ahead, and, uh, you know, try to see if our beloved Chicago Bears can get their first road win in, God, how long has it been? I was just trying to think of that. The Bears did not win a road game at all in 2016, and I'm trying to think, when was the last time we won a road game in 2015, and the, the only one I can think of is Thanksgiving night at Green Bay. Is that the last time that we won a game on the road? I hope not, but... Uh, Nonetheless, we travel on the road to take on the Buccaneers who are in the unique position of, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, being, you know, being in Florida and having suffered the wrath of uh, Hurricane Irma did not get to play their first game of the season and uh, will be kicking off their season. So not only is it the home opener, it's the season opener for the Buccaneers uh, on Sunday when they host our beloved Chicago Bears. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week two preview episode of the Chicago Bears of you and we got our friends Brent Allen and Ren Dax from the Pewtercast podcast to to join us and help preview uh this game. <laughs> when I talk to him, uh I don't know if you guys can tell or not, but I'm usually winging it when when I'm when I'm talking to my guests cuz I'm trying to have more of a conversation than I am an interview. I mean, I call it an interview, but I'm really just wanting to try to have a conversation and that's what I'm trying to do. But um uh you know i kind of wish that i had notes uh as far as like stuff that i wanted to ask them um mostly because they didn't play last week so it, it was you know just trying to, to tr- trying to think of things to to uh to talk about and uh luckily there's two of them so they have twice as much to say as regular guests do so ended up being just fine but uh you know i uh <laughs> i i kind of wish that i would written down uh some notes to try to uh to help push things along if uh if we ran into trouble because we didn't have a football game to talk about because as you hear Ren and and brent say um the bucks didn't really the starters didn't play a whole lot in the preseason and you know didn't um he said that there was something like 15 starters didn't play or didn't even dress for the dress rehearsal game and 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 things like that so with them not playing week one Obviously, the starters don't play week four in in the preseason finale, uh, you know, and they didn't play. Most of them didn't play in the dress rehearsal game. How long has it been since most of them have played any kind of minutes? And now they're going the full 60 minutes. They're not playing a quarter or two quarters and then sitting it out and let the reserves take it from there. We might actually be at somewhat of an advantage that, um, you know, there's a. because there's a difference between being in shape and being in game shape. And I'm thinking just optimistically that uh, maybe a lot of these guys aren't in the game shape that they would normally be at this point because they haven't played a significant amount of football in a while. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, we talked to Brent and uh, Ren about that amongst other things. And uh, Ren had some things to say about Tariq Cohen. And uh, you'll, uh, you'll hear that. I, I, uh, yeah, that, that was interesting. <laughs> we'll see uh we'll see you know because uh Wren's wrapped up in statistics he's obviously a a fantasy football guy and um you know Tariq Cohen's numbers were good they weren't you know monumental or, or anything like that he had over 100 yards total uh an offense Wren was mixing in the uh, punt return yardage I wasn't even thinking about that but um you know I, I was thinking you know more about impact than than statistics you'll hear what uh you'll hear what we mean what do you mean when when you hear rent talk about it, but, um, you know, you ask the Falcons if Tariq Cohen had an impact on the game and, uh, you know, if they, if it matters what the stats say, it doesn't, you know, not in my opinion anyway, but, um, anyway, um, got a couple of things to cover here before we get moving on to, uh, bringing our guests along. And, um, because we are the Chicago bears, uh, we have an injury report to talk about. um, I don't know if I brought this up or if I was even aware of it on Monday when we did the show. I'm pretty sure we did. But uh, Jarrell Freeman, down for the season. Um, Or at least that's what it looks like anyway. Um, Headed on to injured reserve uh, with a torn pectoral muscle. Um, John Fox is kind of leaving the door open that it could be short-term IR. Uh, I actually got in touch with our friend Jeff Dickerson from ESPN. Um, you know, went back and forth with him a bit on the uh, uh, on Twitter with each other, asking him, you know, and I and I quote, you know, I don't suppose you can make my day and tell me that Jarrell Freeman is going on the short-term IR. And um, you know, Dickerson doesn't think so. Uh, he thinks that he is done for the season, but as I mentioned, John Fox kind of leaving the door open that uh, for the possibility that Jarrell Freeman might be able to, uh, return. So maybe if it's a slight tear or something like that, it's going to require surgery one way or the other, but I guess the, the, uh, the less minor, the tear, the, the, the more probable that, uh, Freeman might be able to strap it up again. Uh, this season, the good news is we have Nick Witkowski at, uh, uh, you know, second year guy who got to play some significant time last year when Danny Trevathan, uh, went down. So it's not like we're slapping somebody new out there. Somebody who doesn't have any experience Quidkowski's is a player, you know, and he's, he's the future, you know, Jarrell Freeman and Trevathan are th- on three and are in t- their second year of three and four year contracts. So, you know, Quidkowski's probably going to replace one of these guys. Um, you know, I would prefer to keep, uh, at this point i you know freeman seems like the better fit i love trevathan and what he's been able to do but there's only two inside linebacker spots you know i think is going to be the cheaper one to keep and uh you know it's all about the, the money in the nfl you guys know that but um you know so it'll be trevathan and Kudkowski are inside linebackers so we're in good shape there uh jonathan anderson brought up off of the practice squad to uh to fill in and add depth behind Kudkowski, and we know Anderson can play. He's been a starter at times for us more specifically in 2015. Um, you know, he spent a lot of time coming off the uh the bench in 2015 or playing, I should say. So, uh we're in good hands there. Some quality depth behind, quality depth which was Kwiatkowski. Um, and then the good news about uh Kevin White going on injured reserve is that it brings Tanner Gentry up from the practice squad. He is on the active roster, uh, You know something that probably should have happened anyway. Uh, You know when the fifty-three man was set, Tanner Gentry should have been on it. But as they say, the Lord works in mysterious ways. So here he is on the on the active roster. Excuse me um, to fill in the uh, open practice squad spots. The Bear signed. Joshua Rounds, the running back that had some time with us during the preseason, and Mario Alford, a wide receiver, one who came into the league I think in 2015 as a seventh round pick. I want to say for the Bengals, um, I didn't didn't jot it down. But nonetheless, he's he's on the practice squad to fill in for uh, you know the 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 holes that uh, Jonathan Anderson and Tanner Gentry left behind. And the Bears released Ruben Randall from injured uh reserve. so i guess maybe an injury sentiment was reached there and he is free to do as he must i guess maybe when he's when he's healthy then he'll uh see about getting himself on a brand new uh team but um it it, it said that uh Jarell freeman uh mentioned that he hurt himself on the first play of the game so he played the entire game with a torn pectoral muscle and uh was still a beast throughout the game he was awesome uh, on Sunday, which is what sucks even more that he's not going to be playing anymore or most likely not going to be playing anymore. But um, in other injury news, um, Jordan Howard has uh, had, uh, I guess, you know, dinged up his shoulder a bit on Sunday. Kyle Long, Marcus Wheaton, and Prince of all four are still are or listed as limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, in practice, Kyle Long's been sending out some, uh, some odd uh, – like tweets and Instagram uh, pictures. Um, It was a weird one. He's kind of like in the picture, somebody caught him like uh, licking the corner of his mouth or something like that. It was just the mouth open. He's like licking his lips and whatever. And and the caption is, uh, I in week two like, and then see him kind of licking his lips. So I guess maybe that's his kind of cryptic way of saying that uh, he plans on playing on Sunday. And, um, you know, I hope so. That would be great to see him. To see him out there so uh (laughs) that would open the door for uh tom compton to go from uh left guard you know kyle long takes his spot back and compton can move out to right tackle and get bobby massey out there because we can't handle these 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 early early season you know woes like he had last year and again this year two of those four sacks came off of massey uh on sunday so um he needs to he needs to fix it up. I mean, he's on, he's on a three-year con. He's in year two of a three-year contract, and he's only got like half a million in guaranteed money left after this year. Don't think the Bears won't be able to write off half a million dollars. So he better, uh, better figure it out because uh, we also got Bradley Soule as well. So we got some uh, swing tackles there that can uh, make up for any kind of mess that he's putting out there. But um, Howard, Long, Wheaton and a Mukamura, you know, three of those four guys haven't played yet this year. So uh, Wheaton is the one that uh, I definitely think we need to see on the field because we need all the help we can get uh, at wide receiver. And, we, we, you know, we signed him to a, to make about $6 million a year in a Bear uniform. He hasn't earned a dime of it yet. So, uh, you know, I know – like I said about Kevin White, I know it's not your fault when you get hurt, but, you know, <laughs> it's like how much luck – can you know, how many – how many guys can we have on the team where it's like uh, if you didn't have bad luck, you wouldn't have any luck at all. You know, you start the year off with appendicitis and then your first practice back, you break a finger that requires surgery. So, you know, hopefully we got all of that out of our system and we got all the injuries done so we can be healthy for the rest of the season um, and uh, get uh, Marcus Wheaton out there and see if he's worth the money we're paying him. Um, but, you know, the good news is, you know, like I said, um, you know, I wasn't happy with the offseason because we didn't go out and get the like the impact players that I thought we could have, especially with the salary cap space. But I think we're a much deeper team this year than we were last year. Like Ryan Pace was gearing up for something like this to happen because with without a Mukamura, we still have Kyle Fuller, who, despite it all, is a first round draft choice and was talented enough to be taken in the first round and he had a good game against the Falcons on Sunday. So, you know, my, you know, so I th- we're in good shape as far as being able to maintain there's, there's the, the, the talent level doesn't go off a cliff when somebody gets hurt. And I think Ryan Pace did a good job of, of helping us. I mean, usually losing a Jarrell Freeman, that's going to, that's going to be an, a significant blow. Now it's going to hurt for sure, but with Nick Kwiatkowski, it's not going to sting as bad as it would have in the past. So, um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom with that. So, but on the good news side, one of my favorite players of all time, and probably yours too, uh, Brian Urlacher. It was announced nominated as a candidate for the uh, Hall of Fame for 2018. One of eleven first-year players that were nominated. Um, people on the other people that are on that first-year list that are virtual locks are guys like well Ray Lewis he's going in no matter what uh urlacher definitely should um but somebody i was thinking it was a column that dick uh jeff dickerson wrote saying that um the presence of randy moss also being a first year uh a first ballot guy um could complicate things because it's very it's very rare that the the hall of fame committee will elect three first ballot guys you know on the first year so um basically you know saying that if uh if Erlacher doesn't get in, it'd probably be you know Moss that does, kind of thing. So um, I guess that's what hinges on because Ray Lewis is going in. I think we we can all you know all agree that's probably going to happen no matter what. And Urlacher should be right there with him. So I mean I I absolutely believe that. And if he does, if Erlacher gets in, I'm going to Canton. You know I I was too young when Sweetness got in. Uh, I missed my chance when my other. When the player that I was, that was my favorite after Sweetness retired, believe it or not, was Warren Moon. When he went in in 2006, I didn't get to go. Erlacher's um, going in, you know, that's the the best player of my generation. I'm definitely not going to miss that when he uh, when he makes his speech and uh, you know we get to see him put on his coat and uh, unveil his statue. I, I I definitely want to see it. And I've also never been to the Hall of Fame, so I I definitely want to take that off of the bucket list. I mean, I have no desire whatsoever to spend a significant amount of time in Ohio, but, uh, to, to be able there to bear witness to, uh, Brian Erlacher uh, being inducted in, in the, the hall of the greatest, uh, where he belongs. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take the hit. So, and, um, last thing I want to talk about real quick, um, uh, made headlines this week is that, uh, the CFL, the Canadian football league has, um, voted or decreed or decided that, um, full contact practices will cease to be immediately. I mean, they're in the middle of their season. They've been playing football since July, mid July, late mid to late July. I mean, their, their season goes from like July to November, as opposed to the NFL, which goes September to January, I guess, because the winters are a son of a bitch up there in Canada. But, uh, you know, um, we've talked about this before and I understand why they're doing it. The, you know, player safety and, um, you know, trying to, to lessen the amount of injuries that are happening in the game, but, um, call me crazy. And I, and I've mentioned this before on the show. Uh, you know, I've talked about it a thousand times. I honestly believe, you know, and, and if anybody can find the stats and help me out with this, prove me right or wrong, I'd appreciate it. But if, Ever since they, the, the NFL signed the uh, the new CBA back in 2011 that limited the amount of full contact practices, eliminated two-a-days, and and all the rest of that stuff, you know. And I'm not talking about concussions or whatever because basically the NFL for, for the existence of the league was pretty much ignoring concussions, let's be honest. But I'm, I'm talking about overall injuries, dinged up, you know, significant, minor, what have you significant you know injuries have been on the rise since that new cba was signed in 2011 or at least it's getting reported a hell of a lot more than it had been uh, in the past and and i think that's because their foot they you know th- as as great and you know amazing and prolific and uh you know uh, strong and, and muscular and you know athletic athletes as these men are it takes a lot to prepare your body to play football. And to be honest with you, if you're, if you're in football and if you're in practice and you're not having any kind of contact, then you're not (laughs) preparing your body for football. You're, you're just not because as I mentioned earlier, when I was talking about whether or not the bucks would be, you know, maybe that's something that we can catch the bucks or, 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 you know, blow past them in the second half. Um, you know, because their bodies aren't football ready, then you know, I believe that that's, that's a, that's a thing. You know, I honestly do like the, the less contact there has been in practice is seeing a rise in injuries because you're going from walkthroughs and run throughs and playing touch football in practice to all of a sudden, you know, using your body like the monstrous battering ram that it is. And their bodies aren't prepared for that. They're just not. So everyone, the people are getting hurt. A lot more than they used to, and you know it really has become a thing in the NFL where obviously talent is definitely um, you know something that you that you need in this league, but it's it's kind of become who's the last man standing, who has you know either the 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 training regimen or the luck to be the last man standing, who's the healthiest team out there, and those are usually the teams that are standing in the in the Super Bowl. You know, you look at them and how many significant injuries, how many guys are banged up. I mean, the Falcons had one offensive line combination all throughout 2016. That's a huge reason why they were able to make it to the Super Bowl last year. I'm pretty sure that the, you know, the Patriots didn't suffer many injuries themselves, you know, being able to maneuver their way through the AFC. And, um, you know, it's... uh, I really do believe that the less contact these guys have in practice, the more injuries you'll see on the field because their bodies simply aren't prepared for it. I mean, they're professionals, and then that's the thing that that's it's also kind of an ego thing. We're professionals. We know how to tackle. We know how to do this, that, or the other. We don't need to practice full contact and practice, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. And we all know that's bogus because how many. You know, tackling has gotten significantly worse since that new CBA went in in 2011. And uh, it missed tackles, bad form, and so on and so forth. Uh, You know, it's it's. um, I really do think that that's, that's why we're seeing so many injuries is because they're not hitting each other in practice, therefore their bodies aren't prepared for the game on Sunday. You know, when they go out there, they're going full speed. It's something they're not prepared for, and their bodies are crying out for it. So... Call me crazy. It's my theory. If anybody can find the stats to either prove or disprove what I'm saying, I'd appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I would be, ha- you know, I'd be happy to, to be wrong about it, but I, I'm i pretty sure that I'm right. So anyway, on that somber note, we're going to go ahead and, and get into this preview. Brent Allen and Ren Dext from the Pewtercast podcast Had a great conversation with them. I think you'll enjoy uh, Wren's comments about uh, Tariq Cohen and uh, talk about that and many, many other things about how this Buccaneers team is going to get ready, having so much downtime and everything else in between. Uh, So let's get ready to do it. the Dax, Brent Allen, the Pewtercast guys previewing week number two. (laughs) Week number two has our beloved Chicago Bears on their first road trip of the season going down to Tampa, Florida, Raymond James Stadium to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and here to join me back on the show and uh, thankfully they are not underwater or at least not as underwater as they would have been before or anything like that. Uh, Brent Allen, Ren Dax from the Pewtercast. Guys, welcome back to the show and, uh, you know, I'm happy to hear that you guys made it through. Just barely, but we made it.
0: Yeah, I, I lost a little piece of uh, a little piece of roof. I had to go climb up on a ladder and sandbag it down in the middle of the hurricane. But oh uh, wow! Uh, yeah, but besides that, I mean, you know, most most Pinellas County where I am, I'm Saint Petersburg, uh, excuse me, Saint Petersburg, right outside of Tampa, uh, just across the bridge. But uh, most people in Saint Pete uh, didn't lose power, so it wasn't nearly as bad as like the Keys or Naples or Miami. So uh, well, we're pretty lucky. But yeah, we're everything's back up and running over here at, at the. Uh, Chateau de Rennes <laughs> did
1: you guys take on any water
0: uh, we had a little leak where where you know the roof came up but the leak was outside okay uh, like it just it, it was sort of in the foyer, about two planks away from probably you know leaking into the the crawl space it's sort of a flat roof so there's not really a traditional attic it's not really a peak sure. uh, so there's a real small crawl space up there uh, you know you definitely can't stand up in it Um but uh, yeah, it did leak from where where the uh, you know the shingles ripped up, but it just it was dripping just like right outside the back door. So we lucked out there.
1: So no flooding or anything yeah. like that.
2: Oh no we, no no no. Yeah, we we had a little bit of flooding uh, over here, but our house like my house specifically is not in an evacuation zone. Like we're in a little cul de sac. But if you get out of the cul de sac down the road just a little bit, that's where like evac- evacuation zone A. Starts for our city. So uh, and and uh, there's pictures that I that I've seen of the water like just coming up to a certain level and then it just stops You know and you can see it huh. and everybody else's in their driveway up underneath their garage doors and stuff But we're not so uh, you know, we we got real lucky on that end uh, uh, Very fortunate with with just where the house sat um, Glad to know that for future future hurricanes this is our first one in this house. So right my
1: buddy uh, uh, My buddy lives in Houston or right on the uh, outer uh, on the outer rim, and they just went through Harvey, and mm-hmm. uh, he was he was t- I was you know in constant contact with him to see how he was, him and his were uh, were handling it, and they uh, were on the outer fringe. They had some flooding, like he said, some water came through the back door in the kitchen. But as far as uh, you know, like you see some of the footage, in people's houses mm-hmm. are covered up to the roofs and everything like that. That uh, he was uh, on the outside of that. So as the the damage as far as his home was concerned was minimal but like you know around him in the the streets and what floated around and things like that was still being assessed the last time i talked to him so i i think the country's seen enough uh natural disaster for a while because while you guys were underwater along with texas the whole west coast was on fire or something like that so like forest fires and and things like that so i think we've we've seen it all enough of that just for uh you know for the for a while, I, I would think. Yeah, we're anyway. we're
2: done for 2017. Yeah, at least. Yeah, for uh, sure. You got to wait till next year when the new fiscal year starts or something.
1: So, yeah. so let's actually talk about football. That's why we're okay. here. Okay. Let's do that. Um, so anyway, because of the uh, because of Irma, you guys had week one off because you just so happened to be scheduled to play a team that had the same bye week. As you, Mm -hmm. so you and Miami both had that late week eleven bye week, which when you know it was so beautiful, it was, and you know it's especially for a team like yours that's expected to make uh, a playoff run to have that week eleven bye, and then you know to 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 gear up for that final run and everything. I mean, talk about you know like the perfect bye for what the team is expected to be, and now you guys got to go old school sixteen weeks straight and. You know yep. what? What kind of uh, you know that kind of flips the script a little bit. I mean, 16 games, and I can't even remember the last time that anybody had to do that. Maybe back in '99 or or '98, whenever the whenever there was it only was 31 94. teams.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it was '94 the, okay. when they uh, was when the the league uh, it was it, it was early '90s when the league instituted the bye week uh, right. because up till then everybody had to go 16 straight or however long the season was. Um, but you know, I mean. Yeah, it sucks. You know, bye weeks are great. You know, we get we get a Thursday night game, which is cool. So you kind of get like a little mini bye week, and that comes up for us in week five, between week five and six. Sure. Um, you know, having having the late bye week would have been would have been really great. But you know what? It's football. It, it's just football, and and it's how it shook out. The NFL. I don't think they had to move the bye week. Um, a lot of people say they did. I'm glad that I'm not a person who had to make that decision personally, but. Uh, you know, it, it's just what it came down to. You know, these guys are men. They're professional football players. It, it sucks, but it's just what we're going to have to deal with. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much it changes uh, changes the game plan going forward. You know, uh, uh, usually use the bye week to, to rest up. But, you know, we're just not going to get any rest. You just keep going and, and just do what you got to do. Football's is the next man up type of sport, you know.
1: So, I mean, basically, you got, you got to make the most of those uh, 10 days that you get. From your Thursday night game until the week six or week seven uh, game that you have uh, following that, because that basically becomes your you know regular season uh, bye week because all this did was extend the preseason uh, for you guys. I mean, but I mean, did it help out at all? I mean, are you getting somebody back that wouldn't have been available week one?
0: Possibly.
1: Uh, possibly. Uh,
0: possibly. Jaquez Smith. Uh, Blue is excuse me ACL out the very first play. He played last year in the Atlanta game mm-hmm. um, We were expecting him back at the beginning of, of training camp uh, after OTAs, but he had a little setback and uh, Had surgery um, And then it was sort of like a cat-and-mouse game if he was gonna be back week one if not uh, And today when the injury report came out, he was not listed on it. So it looks like he's a full go Buck fans were excited about him last year, uh, even though he missed the whole year, because uh, he had something like, like uh, 13 and a half sacks in just like 18 games played with the Buccaneers. And
2: mm-hmm. we're
0: looking for a full 16 games breakout season. Um, he's going to be on the opposite side of Noah Spence during obvious pass rushing downs. And uh, so that would probably be the only person... He, he might have played Miami. We we don't know. But that that extra mm-hmm. week surely... Uh, helped him, and also the acquisition of T.J. Ward. You know, another week right. to get him acclimated. He might be able to play more uh, than he did. You know, why you get to play more through the 16-week period? Uh, because he he might even been active. You know, week one against Miami because he was only in town for like a day. Like we signed him for like right. a you know you know it was like a, he he was in he we signed him he was at one buck place and then we had. to do the four days off because it was a bi-week like league regulation so he was in town one day and he just got back yesterday so uh you know besides that no every every, everyone was very healthy dirt cutter that was his and he said it over and over and over again was to what we want to do is show up week one and be healthy and you know if you saw the injury report today it looks exactly to be that for us
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Hmm. well you know we uh if you guys have kept up with what happened with the bears uh on sunday yeah um you know the kevin white situation that that is what it is i mean that guy just he's consistent if nothing else as far as that goes (laughs) but um you know the the real loss was jarell freeman and um i talked to jeff dickerson who is uh the espn beat writer uh he's been on the show a couple of times um we went back and forth on twitter for a bit then i was like i don't suppose you could make my day and tell me that freeman is on the short term ir could you and he's like as of right now it hasn't really been determined because the bears haven't come out and said whether it's a partial tear or if he's completely torn the pectoral muscle so it's not all we know is that he's on ir whether he's there to stay or he might come back mid-season after eight weeks or whatever we still don't know but the fact is he was having a pretty awesome game against the Falcons and, and, you know, was playing pretty well. A very big reason why the Bears only allowed 68 yards rushing to Freeman and, and Coleman uh, in that football game. And we just lost him at, at, you know, optimistically for at least half the season, but most likely for all of 2017. And and, um, you know, that was a loss that's going to be hard to replace.
0: Yeah, he still ended up being the leading tackler, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so he's having a really good game.
1: Yeah, I mean, they rotated quite a bit. Uh, Kwiatkowski, who's going to be our starter again, and and Trevathan, who's been a medical marvel because nobody thought that he'd be able to bounce back from a week 10 ACL tear to, or PCL tear, to be able to uh, start week one. But he played very well on Sunday from what I saw. So, you know, it's Trevathan and and Kwiatkowski and, uh, you know, had to pull some guys off the practice squad to fill in the spaces. So, um, we played the Falcons, and that's a hell of an offense to start against. And now we got you guys, who have the potential, all the potential in the world, to put forty on us if we're not careful. So, I mean, we were able to to keep uh, Atlanta under wraps for the most part, except for that one one play. To all, I still don't know what happened. That Austin Hooper <laughs> touched. Did you guys see that the, one?
0: The broken coverage. Oh my been. God!
1: I mean it. But and the thing is, when I go back and I look at it. I can't see whose busted assignment it was. It had to be a busted assignment.
0: It was Chris Conte.
1: Yeah, you know, it, that's who it reminded me of for sure. <laughs> but it wasn't as blatant as Chris Conte, where Chris Conte stood there and watched Red, Randall Cobb run right past him. It was everybody was moving, and it's just like, you know, Austin Hooper just ran naked into the middle. I mean, he was standing there waiting for the ball. That's how wide open. He was and he could still do that and manage to run, you know, 88 yards for a touchdown. So that was the thing. When I went back and looked at the play, I couldn't really tell whose mistake it was. Was it was it Jarrell Freeman because he was the linebacker on that side? Was it Eddie Jackson? He was the safety, or was it Quentin Dempse who's supposed to be playing center field? And I think he went with the receiver on his side. You know, it's really hard to tell who's to blame for it. And it's like all we know is that the blame falls on Demps because he missed the tackle. When he had a chance to bring Hooper down, now granted, that was a that was a tough task because Hooper's an offensive tackle that can run a four six, but you know he still had a shot and he and he missed it. So
0: I think it probably had mostly. Weren't you guys like bracketing or clouding Julio pretty much all the whole entire game? So you had Jones guys.
1: was was fairly ineffective in the game, um, but it
0: was because he was like basically being like a man on top and a man under. Oh yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah.
0: So, so that takes two of your you know five slash six defensive backs out. Um so I don't know. That that's where I, that's how, where I would look uh if I wanted to see like like where was Julio in that play and see how many guys were around him.
1: Yeah, I was looking then, at a at a throw chart kind of like when you like show like basketball when they show you somebody's uh shooting uh you know throughout the football game and Matt Ryan I think only threw more than 10 yards like five times the whole game. Everything else was underneath. I mean, I we thought that the Bears were Underneath passing it to death, and the Falcons were doing the exact same thing. So, I don't know. I, I guess it makes me feel good about what our secondary was able to do against those guys and the potential that we can do with the dangers that you have on your side. Um, you know, but it's the, I'm, I'm, I'm worried more about, uh, you know, the explosiveness of what could happen. Um, you know, how did you guys look in the preseason? I, I, I didn't get to watch as much hard knocks
2: as I would have liked to. Yeah. This preseason was, was interesting. Um, I, I, because like our starting 22 or, or even, I don't know, starting 30, like if you count the, the guys that are going to regularly rotate in though, they might not technically be a starter. Um, like those guys were set. So this season, this preseason, especially really focused on all those guys that are, that are playing for depth spots in the roster, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the preseason, like they truly were not playing to win they were playing to compete for roster spots if that makes sense so coach wasn't calling things that that you would definitely call in a in a normal game situation uh and like even when we got to the quote unquote dress rehearsal in game 3 like 15 of our guys were sitting out you know, uh, the guys that should have been playing. So, you know, the, the pre I think we wound up ran what it was one in three, I think in the preseason. And, um, there, there wasn't anything super spectacular, I think that we saw throughout the preseason, but, uh, you know, the, we got what we needed as far as determining who was going to be filling in the, the bottom, I don't know, 10 spots on the roster, which honestly those bottom 10 10- spots will continue to churn throughout the season as they do i think for pretty much every team in the nfl so yeah. you know uh, the the uh, ren i mean you did you did the daily training camp journal update so right you know maybe less the preseason games and just in practice you 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 were at every single open practice um and and probably can speak more to how the the starters looked at least through practice because that's really where we got to see them
0: yeah uh just I'll just put a button up on the on that game. uh, How they looked in the game, the the offense could move the ball up and down the field with. with, It looked like no one could stop them until they got inside Mm -hmm. the twenty. We had real problems of getting you know Mm -hmm. uh, topping off drives. uh, You know the first team offense, at least getting it into the end zone. Um, But you know in between the twenties, you know it was pick your poison. Uh, Some of those play designs. That, uh, you know, you have to go back and look at the all 22 and do it in slow-mo. And you're just like, well, how do you even stop that? Uh, uh, what, for instance, um, Jameis pivoted left and faked a pitch and then, you know, did a rollout. Uh, and Cam was dragging. So Cam was on the left end. Cameron, Cameron Brait, one of our tight ends. And he, uh, you know, just sort of drug across, you know, mirroring Jameis. But as Cam cleared the line, you know, going from left to right, O. J. Howard, who was blocking down in the end, released behind Cam. So the linebacker on that on the right hand side was trailing Cam, who was mirroring Jameis, and then here comes OJ Howard off, you know, off off of uh, you know, pushing the end, collapsing the end, and then he peels off and there's nobody. I mean, you got nobody covering It looked like an Alabama play. O.J. Howard, wide open. You know, Uh, you know, you know, six six. You know, two whatever he is, two sixty five. You know, runs runs of four four forty, all by himself. So, but there were very. It was very few that he kind of like delved into the playbook uh, of the trickery. Uh, I would say tricky, but uh, you know, like really designing a play to see if this would work. Most of it was vanilla, but we had no problem moving the ball up and down the field we just had a problem punching in the end zone um mm-hmm. as far as practice uh it's 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 hard to tell and brent's right I, I i went to every open practice i think it was something i ended up going to like 17 18 practices uh but you don't you know they don't stop there's not that big gap between the plays there's not that 45 seconds between the plays right. they'll run a play and then like three guys will shuffle out but they don't run to the sidelines. They just sort of step back into that mass of people that's sort of behind the offensive huddle. Hmm. And three more guys walk in, and you know, and you're at eye level with them. You're not like you know, uh, in the club seats or even in the nosebleeds where you can see better. Or you can look down. You're only you know, I'm in the bleachers. I'm only five rows up, and I'm only 20 yards away. I can't, I can't see their numbers that well. So, trying to find out who's doing what and who's running with what was hard uh i don't think dirt cutter our head coach particularly thought we had a very sharp camp um but i think it was just like every nfl team you know one day oj howard looked uncoverable the next day he looked like a rookie same thing with chris godwin you know one day deshaun jackson you know no one could stay with him the next day they never threw deep to him you know there was one day where mike evans dropped like three balls and you know so it was up and down uh but uh i think As Buck fans, we're very excited to see what this offense can do. I think we know that they'll be able to move the ball no matter what against anybody. Uh, And defensively, it's still sort of really up in the air uh, because I don't really think, and this is me personally speaking, that we have sort of uh, shored up that, that run straight down the hill you know, between the tackles, I, I think we're still susceptible there. At least that's what I saw in preseason games. And, you know, you guys got Jordan Howard and uh, he, you know, uh, if it hasn't been shored up, look for him to have a big game.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, the the running back situation is, uh, you know, we had a star emerge on Sunday in Tariq Cohen, and I am happily eating my words about him because he was, I was not happy about the Bears drafting yet another running back uh, you know, in the fourth round or whatever it was that we that we took him, but I mean, he was vital to why why, why it was that we were able to to uh, you know stick with the Falcons for as long as we did uh, in that game uh, on Sunday. So we've kind of got this two headed monster thing with the with the running back situation, and Tariq Cohen was was you know the the analogy was that he's Ryan Pace's Darren Sproles, and he lived up to that at least for the first week of the season my concern going into the game is our passing offense i mean we we were playing without our number one receiver then we lost the new number one receiver and um you know we're running out of bodies already to uh to uh you know to put out there and vincent jackson was rumored to be somebody that we might be bringing in and and things like that and pulling him off the street to oh really that was that was a rumor as far as who were who were Who's out there that the Bears could bring in? I don't think that they had any discussions or anything mm-hmm. like that. But when when the list was presented, Vincent Jackson's name was on it. So, um, you know, it didn't happen. We ended up just promoting one of our own guys from the practice squad into the active roster. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, I, 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 I think that the potential for the running game is, is, is outstanding for us. It's the, the passing game that uh, that worries me so i mean what's i mean how how good are you guys against the run is that a weakness for you guys
0: um well it was last year not and and here it was like i said it's running downhill between the tackles it was it was hard you know we there was very rare very few times that you know they got stuffed at the line of scrimmage it's like if they got three yards that was like a good run stop you know uh five yards was more the norm and seven would have been you know like uh would, would not be unusual if you ran between the tackles and got seven yards straight up the middle. That's the reason, mm-hmm. you know, we went out, or the Buccaneers went out and got Chris Baker. Uh, it's the reason, you know, uh, they, uh, uh, sorry, Clint McDonald, our, our, our starting defensive tackle besides uh, Gerald McCoy, they both put on weight uh, this offseason, at least 10 pounds mm-hmm. apiece. So now they're both over 300 pounds. Um, you know, we drafted a big 320-pound defensive lineman in Stevie Koavatu, who's on IR, but basically, we re-signed his twin, Silver Sil- Siliga, who is a 320-pound defensive tackle. So we're definitely trying to, and drafting Kendall Beckwith, uh, a big the biggest linebacker we have on the team, uh, mm-hmm. to get Stouter up the middle. Um, it, it's since we haven't played a game, I can't tell you if it's if it if it is a problem. Right. I know it's something they definitely tried to fix, and uh, just uh, for a little of a, of a hot take. Uh, before i pass it to brent um i am not worried and i have an argument to back this up i am not worried about cohen whatsoever like at all really at 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 zero i am zero worried about him and and uh i'll go ahead and let you know brent answer the question he had about the running game if you want to come back to it but uh i'll tell
2: you
1: why oh we'll definitely come back to that (laughs)
2: i I mean my mine's pretty mine my take from what i saw through the practices that i did get to go to and and even through the preseason um you know actually i think our defense is looking pretty good our defense got pretty hot towards the second half of last year i think we talked about that last time we were on the show here yeah um and from the looks of it they look to be picking up where they left off. Uh, Ren has often beautifully said, and I've actually started seeing other people start to pick it up, that the, the most important free agent signing that the Buccaneers made this past offseason was re-signing our defensive coordinator, Mike Smith. Um, and, and I think he's right on when he says that. And, and you also heard him say, we're getting stouter up the middle or bigger up the middle. I feel like that was kind of the mantra this off season, uh, for the Buccaneers for Jason Light, our GM and, and the guys, uh, was get bigger up the middle, um, you know, for those reasons. And, and, uh, you know, we've got a, we've got a really good, um, uh, run. Uh, Will Golston, run? he's the run stopper, no pass stopper.
0: No, he's a run-stopping defense. He's the
2: run-stopper. Yeah, yeah. R- r- uh, <laughs> trying to keep all these guys straight. Will Golston's a, a great uh, run-stopper. They've they've incentivized him with a new contract this year to help him pick up the other side of his game. But, you know, my my look at it, is i actually feel pretty good about our defense um this year i I feel great about the offense except for what rented uh, you know alluded to is is what happens when we get into the red zone but uh you know i i'm really personally liking this defense and uh uh you know they they look like they're gonna come out hot is is what it looks to me and they're super healthy so uh the signing of tj ward um which i don't know how much he's going to really affect the run game so to speak unless somebody breaks off for something big um you know that to me kind of was a, a a final piece of the puzzle. I think for our our defense to really uh, go over the top.
1: So why aren't we afraid of Tariq Cohen? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just waiting for Brent to finish.
1: Yeah, it was kind of uh, like, uh, there's that. Uh... Yeah,
2: for 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 the record, for the record, and and I say this on our show. I don't follow other teams, so I'm not even sure who this Cohen guy is. But uh, Ren does, and so I'll I'll let yeah, him speak to
1: that. N- number twenty nine. You will learn it well on Sunday. <laughs>
0: Okay, Go ahead. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I, no, I liked him come out of college. I, I you know, uh, of course, what you hear is nickname the human joystick, and you see some of his highlights on YouTube. Uh, he's an exciting player to watch, no doubt. Uh, had 158 total yards. Yes, uh, that's good. But 45 of them came off punts. Uh, three punt returns. Uh, Brian Onger, our our punter, who I think, and I'm, I know, you know, we're biased, obviously, but. Uh, we wouldn't trade him for anything. Uh, nope. the, this guy could pinpoint. He, it's like throwing darts off his foot. You'll mm-hmm. see how many ball, how many ball. If he gets the chance to put you inside the ten yard line, how many are going to down? Not inside the twenty, inside the ten. Inside the twenty mm-hmm. is a bad punt for him. Now there are going to be punts where you know I'm sure. That he's far enough away, doesn't have the leg to make it inside the ten, or doesn't want to outkick the coverage. And what they do is he just kicks it between forty and forty-two yards, and he kicks it like eighteen feet in the, or not, not 18, 180 feet in the air. He, and when it comes down, our gunners are just going to be sitting there waiting for. You're going to, they're going to force him to fair catch, or they're going to kick it out of bounds. They are not going to let Tariq Cohn touch the ball in the punt game. I can almost guarantee you that. So you take away those 45 yards, so now he's, like, at 118 total yards. Okay, that's still a good game, especially from a rookie. Uh, he got 66 yards on five carries. He only got five carries. The one, his big carry, which was 46 yards, which, you know, it was a very nice carry, but let's let's be honest, you know, it's not like he broke any tackles. It's not like the offensive line opened this big hole for him. It was a Keystone Cops, you know, 180 whoop-de-doo, five yards behind his own line of scrimmage, and he broke contain off a seven year defensive end who ran a five uh seven forty seven years ago. And then and, and if you look at the play, the Falcons had nine guys in the box. Nine. Nine in the box. They all got flushed out in the wash. He had two guys to beat. One was being blocked by a wide receiver and the only other guy caught him and, and chased him down. You take you take that out. He did get five yards per rush if you take that forty six away and average it out, he's still gonna get five yards per rush, but he's not gonna take any more carries away from Howard than like five or six a game. So as long as he doesn't do this, you know, whoop de doo keystone cop, you know, it maybe happens once, maybe twice a year, uh, those type of plays, I, I just don't see him as a threat the running game. Um, I also think our linebackers are faster than Atlantis, but you know that that's here or there. And then you go to his uh, receiving yards. He had eight catches on 12 targets. They threw in the ball 12 times. Yeah. Now you alluded to you talked about how your receivers went down. Uh, you know at one point I think you only had three wide receivers even playing for you uh, you know even in the lineup by the end of the game. Um, so he did get lots of targets. He had eight catches for only 47 yards. I mean, and one of those, yes, was a 19-yard touchdown, but take that out. I mean, don't take it out. That's only six yards per catch. You take it out, it makes it four yards per catch. You take out that 19-yard, that one play, it makes it uh, four yards per catch. So he had seven catches at four yards per catch. That's not scaring anybody. Look, I think he's an exciting player. Uh, I, I Would I like to have him on my team? Yes, I would. I think he's a weapon in space. I just don't think he's this... Uh, I don't I really don't honestly I'm not trying to be mean I just don't think he's he's a caliber of back that say these other rookies are uh you know uh Hunt or uh Cook or uh Fournette like he's just not up there he had a very good game he had two big plays but all in all it 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 was you know it's hard to say if you take those out but they count but still, the averages, even leaving them in there, the averages aren't that great. You know, uh, he made like one third of his yards on, on punt returns. So I like him, but I, I really, if you break down his stats and really look at it with the speed of, of our linebackers, Quan Alexander, Levante David, like I, I don't fear him at all. And plus, since you have nowhere else to go with the ball, you know, you got Zach Miller, uh, you got Howard, and you got Cohen, and that's really it, uh, you know. Uh, so. Defensively, I think we're going to be pretty good. What I fear most is what I said earlier: is Howard up the middle, and can we stop that? But Cohen doesn't scare me at all.
1: Okay, well, you asked the Falcons about Tariq Cohen, you see how uh, they have the one- <laughs> fantastic things to say. So, I mean, I'm sure know, I,
0: I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about him. But the Falcons, you can do anything
1: with statistics, man. You really can. But it's okay. just you can. You know, but right. uh, you just look at the impact that he had on the football game. That's Those are all the stats that I need. I don't need to look at okay. his numbers. And tell you the truth, you just informed me on what his numbers were. I had no idea. All I know is that, you know, Tariq Cohen <laughs> was, on, was making plays and helped us stay in the game with the NFC champs on Sunday. So, you know, I didn't really pay attention to his numbers. All I know is that any time that, that Cohen had the ball, it was exciting. And, you know, he was making something happen. So that's I what that. I saw on Sunday.
0: I get that. And and just uh, like if you can make statistics say anything you want, can you say that the Bears are one and zero?
1: No, no, Uh, I can say we're almost one and zero, but uh, that doesn't count. (laughs) You know, like I can say that. I'm not uh,
0: dumping on the guy; he's very exciting. But as me, as me looking at it as a Bucks fan, I like I'm really not scared, and I I might be eating my words. I might have to eat my words any. Well,
1: he's already caused me to eat mine, so you're next so all right there we go that's what the guy does (laughs) so he's already made me look silly so the bucks are up next so um so anyway guys um you know we got this game coming up on sunday any any worry about because you know you were talking about how guys were being sat on game three obviously Hmm. nobody played game four then you had an extra week done after that any worry about ring rust going into the into the game on Sunday because a lot of these guys probably haven't played in almost a month, depending on yeah. on who they are.
2: Yeah, that's that is uh, that's something that our head coach had brought up during uh, one of his press conferences uh, last week, uh, um, and even some of our local media guys have been talking about and and it's it's a thing. Uh, I don't know that worry is the right word, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely something to be aware of. Right. Um, Because some of these guys, they haven't played. I mean, our starters, like I said, we sat for the dress rehearsal, 15 of our of 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 our number one guys on the team. Um, And so a lot of these guys haven't played since the second week of of preseason. And, you know, Coach Cutter, one of the things he talked about this preseason, uh, we actually saw it on Hard Knocks was he he came up to the team um at halftime uh or right after halftime or something uh after game two preseason game two and he said hey however tired you're feeling now double it because when you get to the season you're playing the whole game you're not coming out at halftime um you're like so there's a he talked about how in the preseason there's a little bit of conditioning to build yourself up to being able to play a full game because coming off of offseason you don't want to go out and have to play 60 plays. Um, so, you know, not being able to play this past week that, that might set in a little bit of rust. Like I said, I don't think that worry is the right word though. It is something, you know, certainly something to be aware of, but I got to say uh, there's a, there's a thing that is happening with the individuals on our team Um Jameis Winston is a guy who's kind of leading this way. Gerald McCoy's been a guy who's leading the way in this. But you see it in like Mike Evans and Quan Alexander and all these reports that we hear of what these guys do on their own to stay game ready. Um, I would be very, very surprised if they... didn't uh keep that you know keep that going this past week even though so many of these guys were more worried about their families and more worried about getting out we saw something today demar dotson our right tackle drove 18 hours with his family to get out to get out of the hurricane zone Hmm. so you know certainly these guys were more focused on people than they were on football over the course of this last week um you know but but i i i'm pretty confident they're going to be game ready and if they're not they're just gonna have to suck it up and get there you know
1: Right. Do you think maybe that that could that could work against you, that it seemed like Cutter was more interested in making it through the preseason healthy as opposed to getting his team ready to play?
0: No, he was definitely here's where it could hurt. He was definitely ramping up like Brent talked about conditioning wise. Mm -hmm. Uh, You heard it a lot through camp how like he's getting the guys ready to be able to play a full game September 10th which was, you know, last Sunday against Miami. Right. And then that sorta of gets yanked away from you. And then you have to give the guys four days off, like I mentioned before, because it's it's technically our bye week. Uh so they have to have four days off. So they get four days off and they were supposed to come back uh and get you know hit the ground running Monday, but they didn't get in until late Tuesday night because, you know, this hurricane comes, so everyone's worried about their family. Uh now Maybe they peaked too early with their conditioning. I don't really think that's a thing. Uh, honestly, uh like Brent said, you just gotta suck it up if if it helps or hurts. I honestly think about two minutes into game time, like that like no one will ever talk about that topic again. It's just right. something sort it's right. sort of something sort of discussed right now because you guys
1: It's a possibility. Yet. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, we haven't played. You know, yet. I, you know what it might be is a little bit. You know, because the like our media guys and and even us as podcasters, like, I, I mean, you know this. You get to you get through the off season and you you start making up stuff to talk about. You know, <laughs> Uh ours just got extended by another week, so our guys are like, well, what can we talk about for this next week? Uh, you know, I, I mean, some of it is that, like, you know, we're we're just focusing on stuff that isn't football. Um. You know that isn't directly like game review and, and things like that. So it might be some of that. It might just be something that's a little more puffed up in the media than than is actually going to be an issue. But I think Ren's right. You get two minutes into this game, and adrenaline's going to take over for these guys. These guys are professionals. They know what to do, um, and and if they don't know what to do, they're not going to be on the team very much longer. You know. Right. Yes. Um, but we we've got a great mix of of uh, long term veterans and. Uh, highly motivated uh, young guys on the team uh, not just rookies but you know some of the some of the guys still in their first contract you know um,
0: just about all the teams on still in their first contract
2: yeah yeah uh, or or they're in that uh or they're they're veterans although a lot of them would be signings with their first contract as well so same thing but uh you know they're I think this team's going to handle it well, one way or the other. And Coach Cutter seems to, you know, he's got a beat on it. He'll, he'll help get him through it, you know. So,
1: you know, it's, um, you know, you, you were, you were saying, you know, just to mention a moment ago, you got an extra week to, to get ready for the season, which is what kind of puts mm-hmm. me at a disadvantage because I'm usually, you know, week number two, we're all uh-huh. talking about the first game that we played and you guys haven't played one yet. And, right. you know, the, the, the the games that you have played didn't really count and you know guys are playing one half if they're playing a half at all and uh, mm-hmm. and things like that. So there's still so much about the bucks that we don't really know yet and we're right. gonna be all it's- learning it together uh, on Sunday. So um you know I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because it's your week one. and mm-hmm. you know, I'm as a bear fan interested to know if the team that I can look forward to seeing, was it the one I saw on Sunday, or was that just a fluke week one thing? You know what I mean? Because week one right. is is usually one of the toughest weeks to call. Like if you're doing a pick 'em and things like that, you know, right. I, I've I've run a pick 'em league with a bunch of friends for like the last 11 years, and week one is by far the most schizophrenic week of the season because it will completely flip on you week two. You know, the, mm-hmm. the week one warriors like the Jaguars dominating Texans. Uh, down there in houston the rams 46 to 9 you know are they going to come back out and do that week two no matter who they play probably not the the jags are not going to sack whoever it is they're playing 10 times like they did against houston uh on sunday you know or or will they you know that's the other thing they got enough talent god knows they've been spending enough money to try to build that team up will they be able to pull it off week two and beyond will the bears be able to repeat their performance that they had where they looked like they belonged on the field with the falcons last sunday as opposed to what everyone expected which was last year's 3 and 13 team against the defending nfc champion supposed to be a laugher of a football game and that's the last thing in the world that it was so you know i'm waiting to see what's going to happen and, and how you guys respond to this time that you've Hat off, had And will the distractions of Irma have anything to do with how you play on Sunday or anything like that? Uh, it, there's a lot that goes into it, but it's all yeah. talk and conjecture and what could be and so on and so forth. And, and I'm, I can't wait for the game on Sunday to get the answers to these questions.
2: Right. And let me throw another wrinkle into there. Uh, your quarterback was here with the Buccaneers for the last four years. Right. So, you know, he he knows this defense, uh, this particular defense by one year. You know, because it last year was the first year of of this particular uh, coaching staff. Um, But he knows the guys. Mm -hmm. You know, he knows what they're capable of. He's been he's been in locker room with them. He's been on the practice field with them for a long time. For a lot of these guys, not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, But the flip is also true, right? You know, uh, our guys know Mike Glennon, and they you know Gerald McCoy said something. I saw him. uh, He said something earlier today to the effect of. You know, Mike Glennon's seven foot seven, and if you give him time, he'll kill you. Uh, so, you know, who knows whose number better? Is it Mike Glennon's going to be able to pick apart the Buccaneer defense, or is the Buccaneer defense know exactly what Mike's going to do and how to get him how to get him off? So, uh, like, how to how to you know throw him off his game? So there's the the there's that whole wrinkle to it as well of what you're saying, like, you know. uh is the are the bears that are going to show up this week is that even going to be something that you can take into week 3 and saying what you know what is this team going to look like coming off of last week's as well
1: yeah so i mean it's it's usually we're about a good 3 or 4 weeks into the season before we start to figure out what it is that uh what it is that you have you know i mean and 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 in some cases you know that's not even true because last year it was the vikings the year before it was the falcons they start five and 0 oh, they're on fire they're number one in the power rankings and neither one of those teams made the playoffs so i mean who's that team going to be this year and you know and all that kind of stuff so i mean it, it's uh it's a funny game that we uh that we adore and uh you know but it makes it interesting to go through the 17 weeks to uh to get to the end to see who's gonna reign supreme
0: what i, I can tell you this uh buck fans are not taking this game as lightly as they thought they were going to
2: that's right. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, you know, the Bucks have been, you know, the laughing stock of the league, and and Chicago is sort of like, you know, a blue chip uh, franchise of the NFL. Uh, but you know, the Bucks have definitely had, you know, probably eighty percent down years compared to up years. So it's it's. I'm not trying to be, you know, like oh, you know, who does this guy think he is? But like, we thought, you know, the win was sort of in the bag, especially with the way that uh, last year's game went. Right. Uh, and and that now you have, like, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, we have our cast-off quarterback. You know, uh, the guy who couldn't <laughs> win the starting job here. Right. Uh, so, and, you know, everyone was just sort of thinking it's a walk in the park. And then, like you said, you know, the Falcons come to town with their high-powered offense, and your defense looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know where your points are going to come from, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's my concern, too, actually. <laughs> so Yeah, uh... so... But but, you know, Brent's right. Uh, I was always a lot. I always liked Mike Glenn a lot more than than other Buck fans. Uh, I thought he kind of got a raw deal. He'll deal Uh here because the line he played behind when he got here was absolute garbage. I mean, total garbage, terrible roster. And like by week four, he was like handing off to the four string running back. Like guys went down week after week after week and, you know, he still rolled with it, you know, Uh, kept his interceptions low. We didn't win a lot of game. Right. But it wasn't because of him. Right. Um, So I never thought he really got a fair shake. Now, do I think he's better? than Jameis Winston? Absolutely not. You know, I will take Jameis Winston, you know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday over Mike Glennon. But the game that, you know, sort of Buccaneer fans were expecting week two with Chicago rolling in for the home opener is not the game we're getting, and everybody knows it.
1: Well, I look forward to it. I, I really do. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, for, for me as a Bear fan, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we can come in and, and at, at least make it as competitive as we did uh, against the, uh, the Falcons and see if we can't steal one. Uh, you know, pay you guys back for ruining our season last year. Because hey, man, we were the best two and six team in the history of the NFL coming into that game. Man. I mean, we just we just embarrassed <laughs> the five and one Vikings on national TV, and we had two whole weeks to get ready for the other two and six team or three and five or whatever you guys were. And holy hell, did it just come apart at the seams that week? I mean, that game basically sealed the season as to like, okay, so we're not worth getting excited about this season 36 to 10. And it wasn't even that close. So uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll be able to come in and, and give you guys a game on, uh, on Sunday and uh, make it interesting uh, at least. So we'll see.
0: Well, so I'm expecting, I'm expecting, I'm actually, ex- sorry, I keep, I was going to say I'm expecting again, but I'm going to do it. I'm expecting, I'm expecting a good game. I really am. Yeah. Um, uh, I think your defense is a lot better. It, well, obviously it is, uh, I think your, your defense is a lot better than I gave it credit for, or pretty much everyone did in the NFL. Maybe gave it credit for, uh, and Mike Glenn is not going to lose the game for you. So you know your defense is going to keep you in in ball games, and we haven't played yet. We haven't played a full game. You know this is we sort of these scenarios that we talked about earlier coming to play. Like we don't know what to expect from our our offense or our defense because we haven't played yet. Right. You know mm-hmm. anything is on everything is on the table for the way the Bucks are going to perform this Sunday, like either end of the spectrum. It's on the table. Uh, you guys have, you know, sort of nicked something taken some things off. Like you said, it's week one, but you know, you got to, you got a better feel about what your team's about than, than we do. That's for sure.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So, um, you know, I, uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, looking forward to the game and answering some of these questions. You know, are the are the Bucks going to be the team that everyone thinks they will be, including myself, which is a playoff team at the very least, if not winning the division. That crazy NFC South you guys got down there, that carousel of first place finishers uh, and whatnot. So uh, you know, uh, will or will this you know will not having that Week Eleven bye end up hurting them and you know so on and so forth. And uh, you know, aside from the game that we have on this Sunday. Uh, I am c- expecting good things uh, from the books and uh, look uh, look forward to talking to you guys sometime in
2: the future. We'll do it. Yep. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having us on.
1: Brent Allen and Ren Dax from the Pewtercast podcast for the tampa bay buccaneers i enjoyed having them on the show those guys are fun to talk to and um you know i honestly i wish that i lived a lot closer to most of the people that i have on the show um just because i think that despite our allegiances and you guys have heard me say that many times about our uh nfc north brethren that we've had on the show despite their allegiances they're all cool guys and and girls um you know and i'd love to sit around and uh talk football with uh with any of them you know as much as possible you know and uh when when uh when you when you meet someone that that shares a passion for something that you do um it's just it's you know it's you know i i love talking to these people that's why i do it i mean first i did it because i wanted to add a little something extra to the show um you know other than just me you know flapping my gums for half an hour and 45 minutes or whatever it looks like we're over an hour for this week's show but um you know it, it was and and, it, and then it's just almost honestly it's become somewhat of what of like a, an addiction is uh finding these people and um you know I, i've been very fortunate that um you know everybody that i've had on the show i've enjoyed talking to um you know and and uh look forward to having them back and you know, even when we haven't been able to work that out, I found somebody else that was just as cool, if not cooler than the other guy that I had on the show and and things like that. So, I mean, I've, I've had a blast doing this and having the, you know, having these guys on the show. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to keep doing it as well and trying to find excuses to bring other people back on the show even if we're not playing their team and and things like that so uh, i might just have to start an nfl podcast so i can get all these guys on the show for no reason you know it's like hey it's week six how about we randomly have laurie uh, Lattimore volkman you know from the mile high report to talk about the broncos just because i haven't talked to Lori in a while or something like that you know or or uh, or get uh jeremy reisman on the show and uh you know what have you so um yeah Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I just gave myself an idea there. We'll see. Maybe coming in 2018. We'll see. You know, not going to start a new podcast in the middle of the season. So, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll start talking and, and see, see what I can do. You know, Hmm. yeah, maybe, who knows. But um, anyway, you know, just real quick, this game, um, it's, uh, I don't know. I really honestly don't know how to feel about it. And mostly because we haven't seen the Bucks play yet um we don't know what to expect from this team i mean we know what the expectations are but we don't know what to expect from this team and and like i said when i was talking to the guys it's it's um the team scares me, especially on offense. You got Deshaun Jackson, you got uh, you got Mike Evans, you got O.J. Howard, you got Cameron Brait. You know the the running game is probably where we'll be able to catch a reprieve, especially with, with the way that we played against Devontae Freeman and, and and Tevin Coleman last week. I'm sure we can handle whatever it is that the Bucks are bringing to us this week on the the run game. But it's the passing game that worries me and um the big play potential that uh, that they have and you know we all remember that play from last year where Jameis ran around like a chicken with his head cut off and somehow found somebody 50 yards down the field for a huge gain and uh and things like that now hopefully plays like that are in our rearview mirror uh even though we just saw one last week uh against the falcons but um you know, with, with, with Winston and his play ability with his with his feet and things like that, um, you know, the keys to this game, especially on the defensive side, is the one thing that we fail to do against the Falcons, and that's get a turnover. You know, uh, Jameis Winston, as good as a quarterback as he's becoming, um, you know, he still does things... I mean, and I saw it in, in the in the in the few episodes I got to see of hard knocks this year. Dirk Cutter ripping him up one side and down the other because he made a throw in one of the preseason games that he shouldn't have, that nearly got picked off or did get picked off, you know, that kind of thing. You know, he's still a he's still a third year guy. He's still a young quarterback. He's still settling in to, you know, to the position and uh and whatnot. And every now and then he's gonna make a mistake. And hopefully the Bears can force one or two. This Sunday, because I really think that can turn the tide in this game. I mean, you saw how close the bears came to victory on Sunday and they didn't force a turnover. And thankfully we didn't give one up either. So, you know, we need to create some takeaways and avoid it, uh, as well. Cause we didn't have any against the Falcons on Sunday. And, uh, but we also weren't able to generate any against the Falcons and, and, uh, you know, a turnover really could have changed the tide uh, of that football game just about at any point in the game, honestly. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get a mistake or two out of Jameis, you know, use a little bit of that rust early on in the game. Cause I really think that if the bears can weather the storm in the first half, then that, that lack of, you know, uh, lack of playing, uh, over the last month or so, I think can take its toll, you know, the heat and the humidity and everything in Florida and everything can, you know, I think maybe the bears, because, you know, We did play the majority of the preseason, and, you know, obviously we have a game under our belts against the Falcons, a 60-minute, you know, battle to the finish, and, uh, you know, despite losing the game, the Bears have to feel good about themselves coming in and uh, maybe being able to take advantage of this thing later. Uh, in the second half, you know, so if we can avoid giving up anything huge in the first two quarters, I think the Bears might be able to seize control in the second half, maybe get a turnover here or there and, uh, you know, take advantage. I believe we can win this game. I believe that we can. Will we? That is the real question, you know, and, and I think I would have a better answer for you had the Bucks played a game yet, but we still don't know, you know, like I said, we know what the expectations are, but we don't know what to expect uh from this team so um you know right now I'm, I'm i you know if i would pick the bears honestly i would i would pick them if i was still doing my pick 'em game i would pick the bears to win this game um you know like i've been saying for the last couple of weeks i have a funny feeling about next sunday against the steelers i really do um i just got a feeling that we're gonna steal that game from them i just i just i don't know what it is i honestly don't um maybe because it's been a while since the Steelers have beaten the bears in Chicago. I, I don't know, but I just got a funny feeling bears going to walk away with one next week on Sunday against the, the, the Steelers, but uh, obviously not trying to look ahead. Obviously we have to deal with the bucks first, but um, you know, I, 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 I like our chances in this game. Even Brent and Wren um, definitely have a uh, respect for the bears that uh, you don't really see everywhere, but um, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm interested to to get it on with these guys and uh, and see what happens uh, on Sunday. So it should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. And hopefully it is because remember how excited we were to play the Bucks last year? What a disaster that turned out to be. (laughs) So hopefully this is the opposite of that. You know, hopefully we're on the on the on the on the positive end of a 36 to 10 uh, win down at Tampa Bay, taking advantage of the ring rust that the Bucks are going to carry into this thing. So we will see. So uh, come back on Monday when we review this game between the Bears and the Bucks. We'll have knee-jerk reaction, bear up and bear down for week number two and everything else in between my heated or happy analysis next, uh, next Monday. So I'll come on back for that. And, uh, you know, as far as next week and, and the preview episode, Jeff Hartman uh, from the, uh, behind the Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, on SB Nation, will be joining us next week to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just got a confirmation from him via email here a few minutes ago, so he is locked in to uh, to be our guest next week. And uh, you know this thing's rolling right along. I mean, we're 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 preparing. We're 72 hours away from Bears Bucks on sunday to get week two in the rear view and get ahead to week number three so it's like all this time and we say it every year all this time we spend waiting for the season to get here and then it gets here and it's like no no wait 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 wait, wait, it's already week seven what happened you know so um, yeah i mean here it is week two is already just around the corner before you know it we're going to be mid-season wondering where the last six <laughs> weeks went so uh yeah i mean but it's football season and i love every single second of it so you know, come on back on Monday when we review this game. Will it be our first victory Monday of 2017? Or will we continue have to, or have to continue to wait if I could speak English? That's yeah, no, that'd be great. So anyway, come on back Monday. And until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.